Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Azure Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Randy Smith. Randy, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. So you were just coming off commencement and all the chaos that comes with that. So what's that like? How long does it take you to kind of get ready for commencement? I know it's a it's a full weekend, but, but what's all that like? What kind of a, a draw is that on your time? What's it like? It's like, I don't know if you've ever been to Orlando. Yeah. But you, um, you're in Orlando Airport, and you see those parents, and they're all disheveled, and they're holding, like, three of their kids, and they got, like, six suitcases, and they're sunburnt, and they're just – that's what commencement is. It's just like this it, – it's a great uh, event, and there's a lot of hardworking people that make it happen. Yeah. And I'm responsible for capturing all their hard work. Yeah. And it, it is. It's It's – Something that just happens all at once, and it's a lot of pressure. But at the same time, it's kind of the finish line. It's kind of the fun. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's it's the celebration of all these students' hard work. And um, this year actually was my fourth year, the completion of my fourth year at Tech. Okay. So these students that graduated oh, wow. this year were the ones that started. So I went through this whole journey with them. So it was it was extra special this time. But yeah, it a lot goes into it. It's like. Uh, our president calls it our Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and it really is. It's like yeah. this big celebration. It's a lot of fun, a lot of work, but, I mean, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Well, and going back to your Orlando analogy, it's kind of like the happiest place on earth with a cost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with quite a toll taken along the way. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's grueling. I mean, it's it's pretty much like 48 hours, yeah. like, you know, where you, you get to sleep, yeah. but then, like, yeah. you're back on it the next day. Well, the, the person I feel the most stress for is the photographer that has to take the individual photos. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you, you know, you mess up one of those and, and everybody in that person's family is going to know it. I, oh, yeah. I couldn't do that job. So no, kudos it, to him. Yeah. It is a lot of pressure. I mean, because I do, obviously, event photography. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it, my least favorite is, like, on stage during an event. Yeah. It's like, because they're there and people give me a hard time because they're like, you take like 50 pictures. It's like, well... That's what it takes. If you can not blink, yeah. then I'll only take <laughs> yeah. one. Or breathe. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but if you get that, you know, face where, you know, you're half blinking, look like you're asleep, it's like no one wants yeah. that. So yeah. it, it, there is a lot of pressure there and I do not uh, envy that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about your, your work at Indiana Tech, but I want to start at the beginning. And where I'd like to begin is ha have you talk about what you were thinking about when you were a kid, when you were in high school, whenever it was, what you were thinking about career-wise, where that took you and whether that was the path you ended up on or if you took a, took a detour at some point. Sure. I actually started out, and I don't know if anyone would ever believe it, but uh, architectural engineer. That's what I wanted to do. Really? Yeah. Okay. I loved building things. Huh. I loved um, – what I discovered as I grew older and, and got further into my schooling was that there are two sides of your brain. <laughs> one, <laughs> yeah. one, if you're lucky. One, exactly. <laughs> yeah. One likes to create things yeah. and make things, and the other one does math. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. side of my brain, yeah. it's either sleep all the time or it just doesn't function like other people's. Yeah. I but uh, I was brain. Yes. <laughs> I, I was very good at, like, concepting and, and, and drawing and yeah. creating. Yeah. But I realized that there are other venues for that. Mm -hmm. um, but really, yeah, I, I loved CAD. I loved drawing mm -hmm. and making buildings and yeah. houses. And it was what I was going to do. And then once I realized I couldn't handle calculus, um, I started to have other conversations 
um, and started to kind of second guess uh, what it was I was doing. Luckily, this was early on, like in yeah. high school. And then I got introduced to video production class kind of like through a friend. Yeah. It's like, you should try this out. It's kind of fun. It's kind of a, you know, they were looking at it like a blow-off class. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, yeah. my sophomore year of high school, um, I joined a video production class where we were responsible. I mean, besides making like our side projects that we had to do for like assignments, we were responsible for like like the news for the school every okay. morning. Yeah. And we had to have, like, stories that we had to, like, so... So you've got a deadline that you're working yeah, against. Yeah, exactly. Like, so yeah. we had to make these stories. So um, I kind of took it upon myself, which my best friend was in the class with me. And uh, we would go out and we would shoot these little, like, segments. Yeah. And um, I knew that I had something that I knew that I could... I was doing something special when I would show my teacher, it, you know, in his office, like, hey, this is what we came up with. You know, I'd show it to him, and he would laugh hysterically, and then he would look at me, and he'd be like, Randy, we can't show <laughs> And then, but that that, yeah. that tingled a, a yeah. very specific part of my brain was like, I want to do more of that. Yeah. I want to make right. people laugh, yeah. but in a way that's like, I don't know if I should be laughing at this. <laughs> right, on, right on the border, yeah. Yeah, so. So where'd you go to high school? Was it Northeast Indiana? Did you grow up somewhere else? Yeah, it was actually about, uh, 40 minutes from here in Columbia City. Oh, yeah. I went to okay. Columbia City yeah. High School. And then from there, um, moved to Fort Wayne yeah. at the age of 18. Okay. And I never looked back. All right. Okay. So you learned video production, and, and you're doing it in sort of a semi-professional way as a high school student. Then where do you go from there? Um, you know, and I'll, I'll disclaim that when I first heard your name, somebody said, like, Randy does these golf videos, kind of like dude perfect, but with golf. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm intrigued. So how do you get from video production in high school to to all that? Um, yeah, so I'll be honest. I went to college still with the mindset of I was going to be an architectural engineer. Okay. Um, it wasn't until like just relentless like study halls and actually had personal tutoring that I realized I just wasn't going to make the math work. Yeah. It just wasn't yeah. going to be, and it's unfortunate because I feel like I, I really had a passion mm -hmm. for it, but I also had this kind of like, if, if more like a hobby in the mm -hmm. background. And I was like, just kind of desperate. I actually dropped out of college for a semester. Mm -hmm. just kind of mm -hmm. like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. I had the same experience. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of the, it's overwhelming at that age because it feels like if you don't make up your mind now, it feels like it's terminal. Like, yeah. if I don't get this right, I'm screwed. Yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> and it's totally all, not. Yeah, you're yeah. like, you're picking the side of the road, like, the ditch you're going to sleep in. Correct. Because you just think everything's going to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, yeah. I guess before that, I'll try video production. Yeah. So I went in, I changed my major to media and public communication. With hey, a where were you going to school? IPFW. IPFW, yeah. PFW now, but yeah. IPFW then. Yeah. Uh, so I changed my major to media and public communication with a minor in film. I... Kind of uh, take these initial classes that are uh, around video production, and it kind of like it felt like you know you just put that glass slipper on. It yeah. just felt yeah. It's like oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Exactly, yeah. and, and you meet your people. Yeah, and I think that is one of the probably one of the most important things about college. I mean, you, I guess you could say the education. I guess I'm supposed to say that, but it, <laughs> it's, it's really about the people that you get to meet and, and the connections that yeah. you make. And I met my people and yeah. there were people that were like weird like me yeah. and thought like, you know, yeah. in, in these same avenues as yeah. I did. I always say it's like learning your place in the world. Yeah. It's like you figure out how you work, how you don't work and where you might be productive um, and who you want alongside for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. And 
so I started making these films um, with the intention of like, these are my projects, but I, I would have done these without any incentive. Like I, these were things yeah. that I was really passionate about. So uh, I just so happened to go to school with that same best friend that was in my video production okay. class. All right. Who we had made films together since we were, you know, 14 years old. Okay. Like I remember we did a, a project uh, for his history class. It wasn't even my class. It wasn't my project. And yeah. we made a documentary, mockumentary uh, for one of his history projects. And I remember his teacher coming up to me after he showed it in class and was like, what? <laughs> like, what are you, like, it was yeah. about, it was, it, it, just real quickly, it was a, it was like a, a war kind of thing. And we had, like, legit explosions. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, totally, like, yeah. I don't know. So it's like, it's like half History Channel, half jacket. Oh, yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> it was like how, like, yeah. it, it was so <laughs> reckless and so dangerous, but it was, it was, I look back on it now and I'm, you know, 20 years later, and yeah. I'm like, that was well done. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like I never would have like let my kids do that. Oh, like, sure, it was well done. But after I get to college, you know, I start making these same kind of projects where it's just like passion projects. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I'm just like I'm living on that edge of creating, and yeah. time is all connected, and it's just like I'm just like living in it. Like, yeah. so much so that like there were some editing booths in the basement at IPFW. I can say that. I love you that because yeah. I'm referencing it. <laughs> yeah, I always yeah. have to catch myself. Let's just let's just keep calling it. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm down the door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the basement and there's no windows. And I would have these days where it would be like I would go down there at like nine o'clock in the morning, and then I w when I would leave, it would be dark. Yeah, you get in that flow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we start making these projects, and I start showing them to professors, and I start showing them to students. Yeah, and I got that same reaction. It's like this is really good stuff. Like you in no way touched on the subject matter I wanted you <laughs> yeah. to, but you made yeah. something really yeah. amazing. And, you know, it encouraged me to put it into, like, some film festival mm -hmm. stuff, which mm -hmm. it was it was really amazing to just to watch people watch something that you just pulled out of your head. Yeah. Yeah. And it became like, I don't want to, yeah, it became like a passion for me. Mm -hmm. It's something that I still, to this day, it's one of the greatest feelings I've ever had in my professional career is where, you just get hit by that lightning yeah. bolt, and it doesn't just stay a thought. It mm -hmm. becomes like this physical thing, and you get to show people, and you get to change people's perspectives yeah. and lives or make them laugh. I mean, yeah. for me, that's the whole thing. It's like if I can make somebody laugh, yeah. it's like pure joy. Oh, yeah. So so I, I'm going to ask this question knowing that your answer will probably go way over my head, but – all I know is you're younger than me. I don't know what vintage you started working on video stuff, but what is the what is the tech like at that point? Are you are you doing it handheld? Are you yeah. how is it how how is that coming together and what does that look like compared to what you're using today? I mean, so the year you're like 2003, 2004. Yeah. yeah. So, this is like right when YouTube is a thing cuz YouTube is like 2004. Correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was it's, you brought up YouTube yeah. earlier as far as like, you know, I I was actually on YouTube in 2005. Okay. So you're I like mean, user number six. <laughs> no, yeah, like yeah. I was there early yeah. on. Yeah. And I, I actually had like a thousand subscribers wow. back then, which wow. was huge. Oh, because, yeah. But the thing was is there, were, there was no monetization. There was no money. So I'm sitting here putting like days of work into this stuff. Yeah. You know, all the while like going to school yeah. full time and working full time. Wow. Like, you yeah. know, just trying to yeah. like balance all this together. And I'm like – 
this is dumb. Like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. but I was just posting stuff on there that I was making for my college yeah. classes that I thought was entertaining and thought was fun. And I'm making all this stuff and it's, it's great, but it's, I was one of those nerdy kids. I had my own camera. I went out and bought a Sony Handycam. cost me $2,000 back yeah. then, which was nuts. I mean, I took every Especially penny. Especially since I, you're not making any money off YouTube. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making anything. Yeah. I bought this for just the pure creation. You know, it's like that anybody that goes out and buys something uh, to kind of support their passion, what, they're, what they want to do. But uh, shout on to mini DV tapes. Mm-hmm. It shot in 720, which was like legit like it was like yeah you know and now that's like the bare minimum for if you shoot yeah, yeah if you're shooting 720 people are like why do it <laughs> yeah, like yeah. why are you doing this to us yeah but uh yeah so it was logging capture it was sit down i had to take a tape and i had to mark ins and outs as far as what i wanted then i had to play that back Jeez. and then it would uh digitally capture that tape yeah that way i could take it into um the original final mm-hmm. cut pro back in the day yeah um, and then I could edit that out. Uh, but yeah, the, the equipment has improved drastically, but the process is the same. Yeah. You yeah. know, there, there's, you know, it, there's nothing, that's what's so great about the medium is like, it, it's still very much the same. Like you can go digital, you can have an 8k camera, but you know, you're doing the same thing yeah. that people were doing with real to real, you know, like yeah. it doesn't. You still have to have a good story too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're doing this as a passion project. You're doing it in school. You're studying it. When do you start getting paid to do it? And where does the golf stuff fit in? You're supposed to get paid? For that? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, okay. Um, no, so, um, that's great. So, I'm going to school for this and I'm just having fun. Yep. I'm not doing anything as far as like thinking about my future, which I will tell you now, if you're a college student, I like speaking to people as if I'm inspiring them to, to make better decisions than I did. That's yeah. like my whole goal in life is like, if I can tell you the pitfalls and all the potholes that I fell in and it makes your journey a little easier, I've done my part. So yeah. <laughs> I like to, to think of it that way where it's like, I'm sitting there and I, I have a, a full-time job and I'm going to school full-time and I, I kind of got to figure out where I'm going to make this, you know, put this together. Luckily, I, I have an amazing wife. Yeah. Who, when did you meet Megan? I met Megan when I was 20, on my 21st birthday. So while you're at IPFW. IPFW. Yeah. I was actually walking out of class okay. with her and, uh, you know, just kind of started a conversation. And luckily, through that conversation, um, she had just started – working with a uh, photography studio here in town mm-hmm. called BFA. Yep. Um, that, that at the time run by Tim Brumbelow and Jeff Crane worked there, um, who are two, like, fantastic mm-hmm. photographers. Yep. And I would say as far as, like, in the Fort Wayne area, probably the best at what they do. Yep. And somehow just out of that dumb luck of, like, my wife finding a, a, a job there was, like, you should probably intern there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's that? Like, she's <laughs> yeah. like, well, that's where you, yeah. you know, you need to go in there and you need to gain experience because when you graduate, you know, you're not going to be able to walk into a job without experience. And yeah. I was like, like, I don't know how she had that knowledge at mm-hmm. that time. It seemed like maybe her parents were better than mine were. <laughs> they, they, she, she, we'll, we'll edit that part out of no, parents' leave, list. Leave it, yeah, they, they, they love to hear that. Stuff. <laughs> so I, I get an internship at BFA. Yeah. And they, um, it, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still to this day, I will give them credit for every single thing that I have 
obtained professionally mm-hmm. within the photography world. Yeah. Like I know nothing about photography if it wasn't for those yeah. two. Because I went into it like, you know, I'll just assist you, but my whole world was video. Yeah. I knew nothing about, uh, you know, okay. you know, it's like there there's it's it's hard to explain to people that, you know, when you get hired for a job, they're like, oh, you're a photographer. Well, you're also a videographer. Oh, you're a videographer. Right. You're also a photographer. It's like, no, they're completely different. And there was a time when that wasn't true. It, yeah. it I still mean, isn't true. My, my, <laughs> my image of Tim for a long time was he's a photographer. Right. If I need video, I got to go somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you live into that, and, you know, and, but the, the unfortunate side of that is you have to adapt. So mm-hmm. you, and I say un- unfortunate because it's like being a photographer, a good photographer, let alone a great one. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of dedication of your time, and it, it, it takes a lot to hone that skill. Yeah. So now when you're a photographer and you have to fit into this videographer peg or vice versa in my case, you have to then commit m- more time into the other mm-hmm. because you're not as good at that. Yeah. You, know, you're not, you don't have the skills it takes to be on that level, to have professional work. So for me, when I would go to that internship and I would work with them, it was just like – it was so mind blowing, like how much stuff I didn't know about photography. Yeah. You, know, you, you see a picture in a magazine and it does nothing for you. You're just like, that's oh, a picture in a magazine. But you have no idea what a good picture is and what a bad picture is until you see them side by side. Yeah, for you know, sure. They don't put bad pictures in magazines, yeah. they just put good ones there. But the work it takes to make that look so effortless and make it look so natural and real, it's mind blowing. Yeah. So picking up. I was just like a sponge. I just mm-hmm. took everything that those guys had to offer and uh, and ran with it. And I'm not the first, and I won't be the last. Yeah. I mean, there are so many great photographers slash videographers in the Fort Wayne area mm-hmm. that worked under yeah. those two yeah. and owe a lot to those two. And I think all of them would give them, you know, the props yeah. that they deserve because, you know, they've been doing it for so long. And not only that, yeah. but they've been – they they have no problem in opening up the – the kingdom and just letting you see how everything operates. Yeah. Well, I think they, they are really generous in that way. And, and they probably realize that, um, you know, there's plenty of work out there for everyone. You know, one of the things I really like about that perspective, especially since you have the ability to work alongside students is, you know, I, I get this probably more than you do because I'm older than you is people kind of see you where you are today. Yes. And it's a mystery how you got there. And then it's fun. It's fun for me to tell college students, Hey, there was a point I was doing telemarketing for a company, and I had to say it's the savings of the green sale on the phone, and that's one of my first jobs. <laughs> I have not always been where I am fortunate to be today. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's great that you've hung on to that with both hands because that is what people need to hear. Yeah. They, they need to hear that it's a, it's a journey. It takes some, you know, it takes some generous people teaching you. It takes some mistakes, and it takes some learning to get there. Yeah, it, and I mean I'm, I've always been grateful – of people that I can learn things from. And I've, I don't know why I have that mindset, but anytime I have something that's there that I can learn from, I'm going to absorb as much of it as possible. I think that a lot of people, uh, you know, and I, I, I hate it when people like try to break it down by like generations or anything, but there's just some people that they get put in these situations where they have nothing but opportunity and they just don't take advantage of it. And it's like, while you're there, Absorb as much of it as possible. Learn as much as you can. And then that's going to help you later down the road. I mean, yeah. all that fight, all that struggle, it all pays off in the end. Yeah. Now, sure. I, I get 
wildly distracted by my own thoughts. So you asked me probably like six <laughs> questions so far. I think I've answered one of them. So I'm going to try to go back to that's right. We're very free range here. Where so, yeah. where I got you know I, I turned this into a career. So yeah, I yeah. got my yeah. internship at BFA, and then we start moving. Uh, you know I. I've at during this time had always worked for a golf retail store here in town called okay. Bobix Golf. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was fortunate enough there to have once again this awesome dynamic and this great uh family atmosphere. And I my boss there kind of realized, you know, like what I like to do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Do you wanna like make like our commercials or something? And I'm like, Yeah. So I mean for a very long time I and still to this day make Bobix golf wow. commercials okay. that aren't like the Sunday, Sunday. You know, yeah. I don't make those. I, but, like, <laughs> the ones that look like actual. Want to save a little green when you're on the greens? Yeah. Don't, yeah that's if dumb. he hears that, he's going to make me put that in the next one. No, I, but he trusted me to make those, and I started to make those. And actually, like, customers used to come into the store and be like, like, I really like your guy's commercial. And it's like, and like yeah. that kind of, like, stirred something like, oh, there's something, like, I'm wasting my time here. And not in a bad way, but it's like I have more to offer sure, than sure. this. So I started – with, I guess it was kind of uh, sneaky. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I started making these little videos that were once again just these like pet projects in yeah. my head and kind of were branding them with golf so uh-huh. he wouldn't get so mad when he'd see me working on it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's, it's for the business. Yeah. For the business. But <laughs> from that, I started a golf YouTube channel. And just basically, it's a golf YouTube channel that is. I I would say probably fifty percent of the people that watch it maybe never even played golf mm. because it's just like it's was, just was and this is a potentially stupid question but did you play golf Yeah I played okay. golf actually at IPFW Okay Yeah All so right. golf had been a big big part of my life and so now I was like combining the two Nice it was like yeah. I had golf I had video and it was just like this once again like lightning bolt moment yeah. where it was like I'm doing two things that I have always loved to do so there were, the passion was yeah. there and anytime that you can put heart or passion into your work and it resonates with yeah. people it's like it's it's more it, it connects more with people than any kind of advert or any kind of marketing that you could ever Absolutely. Create. Yeah. Yeah, well it's it's authentic and that energy is is very contagious. It yeah. just is. And you can't replace it. If you don't have it, you can you can tell that too. Yeah. Yeah. So so you're doing this for Bobix and you're doing some stuff on the side with the YouTube channel and hopefully now you're making some money off YouTube at this point. So are, is there another stop along the way before you come to Indiana Tech, or is Indiana Tech your next stop? Uh, no, yeah. So I, during that time while I'm working at Bobo, it's like I, I feel like I, you and I have uh, some similarities, some mm-hmm. parallels when it comes to – I don't think that either one of us sits still well. No, not at all. <laughs> we like to always be busy. Yeah, yeah. And that was my MO was like – I, so I had a full-time at Bo, a full-time job at Bobix. I was making, you know, YouTube content on the side of that, and then I was also working freelance for BFA. Okay. So in that freelance yeah. position, I would go with them on shoots to like cover Indiana Tech's yep. commencement or, yeah. or to cover homecoming yeah. or something like that. And I so I would kind of get that familiar side of how things operated within, you know, the the university and the kind of content that yeah. they were c- creating and also capturing. So uh, when the position opened up. Uh, Julie Ferrison, mm-hmm. who is my supervisor, now reached out to uh, Jeff and Tim and were like, listen, we don't want to steal anybody from you, but is there anyone that you could yeah. recommend? But like I said, like these guys, they have no problem in elevating people. Yeah. Like they, they want you – and I think that's always a good sign of someone who's a great mentor mm-hmm. is like 
they don't want you they want you to succeed beyond mm-hmm. what they have yeah. they yeah. want to lift you up so uh, they recommended me I went in and interviewed for the job actually showed them a lot of my YouTube content that yeah. I had made which had no relevance to higher education I would say it's it's probably the inverse of higher education yeah uh, probably yeah. lowers your intelligence <laughs> level <laughs> but I showed them that and yeah. they were impressed with the fact that it's like I was doing that for fun. Yeah. Like I yeah. was doing what well, they wanted to pay me for. It shows your skills, but it also shows you have a passion for, for doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. that's one of the questions. Like, you know, is this something that, you know, you could feel like you could do day in and day out? It's like, I'm already doing it. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like if you do yeah. 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 Give that's me the cool. name tag and I'll start doing it for you. <laughs> well, one of the things that, that's been awesome to watch, and this is true with you, it's true with Amber Owens, is how the team at Indiana Tech has grown. Because there was a time when your position didn't exist and when Amber's position didn't exist. So what was it like starting a position that had no precedent? Was that good? Was that challenging? Was it both? Uh, it had both its positive and negative mm-hmm. sides to it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the positive side is that I had free reign. Yeah. I I had the ability and thankfully they had the, their trust – and I had the reins, and I could just do whatever I wanted to do, obviously within reason. There are still – Yeah, sure. Well, and and, and I, one of the things I admire about Indiana Tech is that it's not stodgy, but it's still serious business, right? Yes. So, you know, you get you got to treat it with a little bit of reverence, but it also has a sense of humor about it, which is great. I, I, the way I've always phrased it is like I found a, the least corporate job in corporate America. Like, <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. – it is – it's almost it, – it doesn't feel corporate and a lot of times it's like I, I still don't – I feel – it feels weird to say it's corporate because it's, yeah. it really is like – once again, it's like that family atmosphere mm-hmm. and it's not it, – I've, I've never made a decision in my life ever based on money. I think we've mm-hmm. talked about that with mm-hmm. YouTube. You yeah. Don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was doing yeah, stuff. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. me going to Indiana Tech was really about surrounding myself – with people that I felt like I could be myself around. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. In, in the fact that the stuff that I could make and the stuff that I could create for them, it was received in a way that was like, this is great. It was, mo- you know, it's like they, they actually encouraged me to keep yeah. like doing those things because it, it is um, a very real thing to anyone working inside of the like creative world is like if you go in every single day and you're doing the same thing over and over and over again and it's just groundhog's day i don't care how much passion or how you know fulfilling it yeah. eventually it, you get burnt out of that yeah so you have to kind of like reconnect yourself into your work in a way that's long lasting and I'll be honest, for me, for the first year or two, it was a struggle to kind of like, you know, because it's new at first, you start making it, but then it starts to become where it's like, it feels a little repetitive. Yeah. It's like, I feel like I'm making the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started to see that the relationships with the students and the way in which that you can connect with them yeah. and the way you get to learn about their journey and yeah. their path and their story, that becomes then the reason I go in every yeah. day and I want to keep doing what I'm doing is because these students have now become like, I want to do the same for them yeah. that Jeff and Tim did for me. Yeah. I want to make sure that where they land yeah. is higher 
on the rung of the ladder than where they started. Yeah, well, and it's it's amazing some of the stories you hear if you have the opportunity and you, you get more of an opportunity than I do to talk to students. Some of the great things that they've done, some of the, you know, it's funny because there was a student from uh, the UK who was the commencement speaker. Yeah. And what's funny is we were doing, you, you were working hard on capturing the big stuff. We were doing some quick hit interviews with students. So this is an international student from the UK. We interviewed her for five minutes and I was like, wow, she's amazing. And then I heard her commencement speak uh, speech and I was like, she didn't mention any of that. That's even better. <laughs> so it's like you just get inspired by these kids, if I can call them that, and what they're doing. And that, that's really fun. The other thing I want to say is, you know, I, I know there's some repetition to it. But you guys do some really great one-off stuff. Um, you know, there's – and it's it's nice to see that Indiana Tech hopefully gives you the latitude to do some things that a lot of colleges might take themselves too seriously and not do. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's so good I almost get mad. I'm like, oh, that's so good. That's so, my goal. I actually yeah. – that's on my – Like not mad but just like, it's on wow. my It's on my vision board, make Anthony mad. <laughs> that's what I want to do every time I make a video. Yeah. But realistically, that's – the mission is to make something like that yeah. first high school teacher say like, like, wow, like, but I don't, this is different. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know how comfortable yeah. I, you know, it's like, and like you said, I'm lucky because I don't think a lot of universities, I'll take that back. No universities <laughs> want to make the type of content and the type of, of videos that they will let me make. Now I will preface that by saying, there are some that uh, that live in a vault that I'm not allowed to show anybody yeah, that yeah. I made, which are fine. But I I made it; it's out of my head; it exists. But but, but here's the here's the great thing, and I, and I hope this is true in your experience: is at least the people you work with, they're li- they're willing to listen to ideas that are kind of nuts. Oh yeah. Because a lot of times the answer is no, but sometimes the answer is yes. I don't know that you and I have ever talked about this, um, and it and it was an idea that that Indiana Tech was like, oh no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Good idea, but we're not going to do it. But I like the fact that it was an idea that they were at least willing to listen to. Um, just quickly, they were talking about – this is, I think, before you started. They had a video. They wanted to do like a video newsletter, but they're like, people ignore this stuff. It's an internal message. You know, We want to do something different that will get people's attention. And what I said is play it completely straight except – it's delivered by sock puppets. <laughs> I go, you know, because yeah. Carl Einoff's a tall guy, so have a really tall, like, you know, sock. And, you know, Brian's a little shorter, so have him be like a no-show sock. And yeah. the two of them can talk. And they were like, glad you brought us that idea, but it's we're not going to do that. But I felt at least free to bring that idea to the table. Well, I, and I'm now it's been worth my while to come here because now that's going to become something. I'm going to make that video Let's, for you. Please, please. And that will become a reality because the way in which I operate and always has yeah. been the way I operate is it's always that, um, you know, I, I do it first. Yeah. And then I show it. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it, because that way for me, yeah. at least the process has played itself yeah. out. And I let well, you them. Have skills that I don't have. <laughs> I, I let them make the decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but fortunately, I mean, the majority of the content that I make not only is shown to the public, but then also like, like is recognized by pe- my peers and by yeah. people. Like I get, like those are some of my favorite messages when I get like Tim or Jeff to give me a text message or, or somebody yeah. within the profession being like, man, like that is so, like you said, it's like, I wish I would have made that. It's like, yeah. I think all yeah. of us as creators, yeah. like that's like the ultimate compliment yeah, when someone sure. else is, is creative will be like, I wish I would have thought of that. Because yeah. you know yeah. that you're kind of like, you're still got it. You're yeah. still, you know, pushing, you know, those creative thoughts yeah. and you're still able to create something. Well, and it's a weird dynamic in higher ed because you're, you're, you have two very different audiences. You have 
sort of the audience. I'm going to be careful in how I say this. I'm actually in this audience, so I have to be careful. But but the established folks who are pretty serious about what they do, and and rightfully so, and then you've got kids who are seeing, you know, some of the most creative, inventive stuff every day on TikTok and on Instagram. And you have to satisfy the needs of both. It's like, how do I be creative enough to keep the attention of this super youthful, super energetic audience and still not get in, tr- and still not get in trouble? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, there's really no, like, clear-cut way around that. And the way that I've always addressed it was that I don't want to make something that's, you know, exclude somebody else from enjoying it. Yes. And yes. the beauty about humor is it's universal. Yeah. Like everyone has the, the ability to laugh at something and you know if, if you take it too seriously I'm going to have to put that on you. Yeah. But yeah. I know that it's like I can make people laugh. I've I've been able to do it my whole life and it's something that I feel confident that I can create a piece of content that it might not I mean you're not going to be rolling on the ground yeah. but it, it might lighten your day a little bit. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff I love to focus on because we do enough of the testimonials, which have their place. Sure. We, we do enough of the, the more serious ads, which have their place, yeah. which fulfill and scratch those itches yep. of like, you need to be informative. They need to yep. tell people about these things. But I have always been under the impression that if you can connect with people on a, a deeper level, that that message is not only going to resonate with them more, but it's going to stick with them. Yeah. They're going to remember sure. it more. I mean, how many how many like serious commercials do you remember? And then how many commercials do you remember that are absolutely ridiculous? Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. recall basically every commercial sure. you've ever seen that got you to think like, what did I just watch? Yeah. <laughs> but you remember those yeah. and they stick with you for longer. And I've always kind of uh, been on that mindset that I want to make stuff like that. That's a little bit strange, a little different. And, and it sticks with people a little longer. Yeah. Well, I think that's especially important in today's environment where there's just so much out there that if you're, if you're just going to repeat something that others have done a thousand times, why do it? You know, you, you have to do some of the, some of the more serious stuff, but um, it's nice to have some fun every now and then. Yes, it, yeah. because there are two different types of audiences that we have. We have a, a you know, a more mature adult audience yeah. that's, you know, maybe coming back for their MBA or maybe yeah. they're even a first-time college student, mm-hmm. but, you know, they they have mortgages. They have yeah. full time jobs. It's they have a serious families. deal. Yeah, yeah, they have serious. And yeah. and what they and what makes that so tricky is that it is my job working in, in the Indiana Tech Marketing Department is to come up with a way to make pain appealing. Mm-hmm. Like I have to make struggle look appealing, and it's a, not an easy task because yeah. I'm no one's going to ever sugarcoat an MBA for you. It's not easy. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of sacrifice. And you have to find a way in which to make that appealing to that audience. It's not – it's no easy task. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, traditional day is a lot easier because it's like come meet your wife. You yeah. know, come meet your husband. <laughs> yeah. Come come. Start have fun your- for four years and incidentally, there will be classes every now and then. Exactly. <laughs> and like really, like the most yeah. important part of my college career was I got to meet my wife. Yeah. I mean yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm not trying to undersell the value of education. Oh, sure. I'm just saying that there's – there's so much more excitement and things happening in that yeah. undergrad years where you can promote the fun, yeah, you can promote sure. all that that kind of happy-go-lucky. Yeah. Whereas like in the NBA, it's like it, it's nice to hear other people's struggles. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but like it's nice to hear that other people was like, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. You know, I, it was really a lot of struggle. And I don't think I could have made it without the support of this person or yeah. without the support of this person. Yeah. And th- that to me is um, what's so – I guess powerful about 
creating those testimonial videos is it does give you that ability to like relate to a person oh, yeah. one on one. Even though it's like, yeah, everybody does them. It's like there's a reason and it's sure. because they're wildly effective and like as long as you're truthful and it's yeah. not like, boy, this degree sure made me smile. <laughs> it's like that's fake. No, yeah. Don't yeah. tell me that. Yeah. Well, I mean it's it's a basic human need to hear other people's stories, right? Yeah. So that's what testimonials are. And that's you know, I think they they absolutely do and will always have their place. But they're they're not always the most creative thing. They can be creative in the way they're shot, but you're basically getting out of the way so that person can tell their story. So, exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's pivot to the speed round of the show. I feel like you and I could probably do this for like four well, I was hours. Say, what, what but that? our listeners don't have that kind of time. <laughs> sure they do. Let's so, leave that up to them. Oh, that's right. They can always stop. <laughs> let's just keep going. No, we have work to do. Okay. All right. So my first speed round question is. What is your best piece of career advice? What's the thing you've learned? And it may be something you've already spoke to, but what's the thing that's most important in building a fulfilling career that makes you happy? Um, I mean, at first I probably preface that with don't rely on your career to make you happy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. realistically. That's, that's really great. Yeah. If, if you're starting yeah. there, you're probably already behind yeah. the eight ball. Yeah. So um, I would say just make – things that are true to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are, are making these very empty, hollow pieces of content that are just this copy-paste method that are just like, you know, see how much of it you can push out, uh, you're going to burn yourself out yeah. fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. If you can make things with heart, if you can make things that have emotion, if you can make things that make people feel, uh, you in return will be rewarded by that. And I truly think that as long as you're making things that you care about, for people that you care about, I, your sky's the limit. All right. Second speed round question. What's one thing about Indiana Tech that you want people to know that maybe is underappreciated or maybe a myth that you want to disabuse people of? Uh, if I could, it's the people. Mm -hmm. And I know, I hope people realize this far in, if they've made it this far. <laughs> is, I'm very much a a straight shooter. I'm not a fan of that term. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure what it means. Buckle up. Here we come. <laughs> but it's the people. It's the fact that they care about you as a student yeah. more than, sad as it sounds, than they do themselves. Yeah. They want you to succeed more than they want themselves to succeed. Yeah. And that in and of itself, I, I can't speak to that on any other mm -hmm. Level other than my own personal education where I felt like I went to a bigger school. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was just I, – I, I can guarantee you none of my professors knew my name yeah. other than like maybe one of my video – which yeah. they probably wouldn't remember me now. But I feel like these professors establish relationships with their students that are long-lasting and not just in the classroom but like into their professional career. Like yeah. they, they – these students come back and they'll get advice. They'll get, you know, one of their professors are mentor. It's someone that means something to them. And not just that, but like faculty staff. I mean, not just the faculty, but the staff. Like I, I still talk with students that have graduated. Like they come back on campus and they, I rem they remember me. I remember them because their time there yeah. meant more than just like, Hey, let's get yeah. you in here and let's, uh, let's make you a student at Indiana tech. It's like, these people care, and they're yeah. very passionate about your success. Yeah, I would, I would second that. I mean, I've, I've been connected to Indiana Tech for more than 20 years now, and it was just different. I was like, oh, 
they're going to make the bureaucratic part of this as easy as possible so I can succeed. They're not going to make me stand in lines. And this is 20 years ago when that was pretty common. And I didn't really understand at the time. I just liked it because I was, I was working. I had a young kid and I was like, I got I to make this work. And it was like, oh, they, they help with that. That's great. But it's been true in every stop along the way. You know, it's kind of fun. I've got this, this cool bookend with Tim Allwine, who's a faculty member. He was my first faculty member. I know Tim, yeah. And still to this day have a good relationship with him. And it's kind of cool to like see him in every point in that along the way. So yeah, I would, I would support that 100%. I think that's completely true. All right, last question. What is, I'm going to give you a choice. You Don't do that. Choice. So well, you're, you're going to answer both. Eh? So let's just call it four or questions. Or I'll just answer my own question. Yeah, that's true. So what is your favorite tip, trick, tool, hack that you use in your work that makes your work easier that you think more people should know about? Or what's your best tip for the average person with a phone and not special equipment shooting good video? I guess I'll start that by saying that Shooting a video with the proper fundamentals is vastly more important than shooting a video on expensive equipment. Mm. I will say that, uh, you know, it, it, it's pretty irrelevant, the equipment that you're shooting on to an extent. As long as I can hear you, yeah. as long as I can see you, mm -hmm. um, outside of that, I mean, you can really build – a, a very compelling story yeah. um, just off of just from that. Yeah. Um, now, I would say the majority of content that I made on YouTube starting out was on an iPhone 6. Mm -hmm. And I did that for years. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I made things that landed on the front page of Golf Digest's website. Wow. That was shot on a cell phone, yeah. right next wow. to you know yeah. stuff that's shot on you know hundred thousand yeah. dollar cameras. So it's irrelevant as long as you have something compelling to show them, mm -hmm. compelling to say, uh, a story that is is invokes some kind of emotion in them. Because as long as it's shot properly, and I just mean fundamentally. You don't need anything more than a cell phone. Yeah, and if you don't have that good story, nothing else matters. You yeah, got the best equipment in the world, and it's still gonna, yeah, know, not gonna move anybody. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the good equipment is the last ten percent. Yeah, you know, ninety percent of your video you can make with anything that records video. Uh, that last ten percent is the only part that you can improve by, you know, you know, and, and it will make your job easier. Um, as far as like you don't have to be as sharp, I guess, which is kind of weird to say. It's like you actually have to be better at making video to make something good with something cheap. Yeah. Whereas if yeah. you know you're not very good at video and you have a, you know, a forty thousand dollar red camera that you have twelve stops of dynamic range in either direction and you don't even have to expose it correctly. All you have to do is make sure it's in focus. I just nodded through all that, <laughs> pretending that I knew what Randy was talking about. Well, I mean, and <laughs> yeah. it's not an insult to, I mean, so if you take yeah. that and you have a professional working with that kind of equipment, yeah. they can make some magic. Yeah, But sure. it, it being an amateur and having a $30,000 camera is not going to do anything for you sure. unless you know fundamentally what to yeah. do with a, a $500 camera. Yeah, for sure. So so do you want to go back to the tip, trick, tool, hack, or do you want to get out of here? <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I was, it's like, I feel like I'm squatting. <laughs> no, I I think that um, tip trick wise is just make sure that what it is that you're creating because it's like I wish I had something that's like oh you know like 
lighting. No, I, it's like, like I said, as long as it's compelling story and it's something that you feel like is important and other people will find it important, they'll watch it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a, a 15 second TikTok yeah. video or if it's a, you know, yeah. a 30 minute long, you know, daily vlog. I don't care yeah. what it is. As, as long as you are putting the time and effort into it and people can feel that genuine energy and the attitude that you put into making your stuff, that's the, that's the hack. The hack is be real. The hack is it, care. Care about what you do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the yeah. hack is be a real person, yeah. which is a lot easier said than done because being a genuine person on camera is it, you're very vulnerable yeah. and it's not a comfortable place to be in, but you, you will realize eventually in life, hopefully that most pleasure comes on the other side of pain, mm -hmm. most triumph, most success, happiness. It all comes on the end side of pain and struggle yeah. and, and fight. So as long as you're, you're putting yourself in a situation where you're uncomfortable Mm -hmm. pretty much all the time it just means you're growing and getting better so there you go there's the there's the tip <laughs> there's the, is there's make the, yourself yeah. as uncomfortable as possible for me it was photography with strobes mm -hmm. like when i first got into it i was so intimidated by it but i could have very easily just never avoided done it, it. Yeah. but the fact that you just lean into those painful things you come out the other end like much better, much more uh, capable person. Yeah. Well, great stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. And thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to this week's episode of the Azure Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you will join us then. <laughs>